everyone, I'm Dina. And I'm Charlotte. Welcome to the Grim Curriculum Extra Credit. Hello, hello, our first extra credit after our live show. Oh my god, it was amazing. Holy cow. I Don't get me wrong, I'm kind of feeling pretty good that it's all over and I feel really good about what we did, but it was a lot of work, but I'm glad it paid off in a really big way. Yeah, I mean, I can't believe we sold out our first show, first of all. That's super amazing. And honestly, like, it was just, it was so much fun. Thank you so much to everyone who came out. I did do a little social media post earlier today, but if you missed it, we did raise $522 for Zoe's Animal Rescue Society. And so that has all gone towards the lovely critters that all need homes and help. You guys helped raise that, and that's amazing. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And if uh, you missed it and you want to hear it, it's up. It's on Spotify. We've got a video up on YouTube that we're actually in, which I feel like that's pretty exciting. (laughs) I have to say it was a new experience, especially when I had just kind of gotten used to editing my own voice. But it's one thing to see yourself with your face and your voice coming out of it at the same time. It took me a hot minute to kind of get over that. I felt a little bit of cringe, but that's normal. (laughs) Honestly, whatever. We looked good as hell. I'm so stoked about how everything went. I'm just, I'm happy. I'm happy. Me too. And I think the other thing is too is lately we've been a little bit all over the place and especially with just how busy it's been with Christmas coming up and a bunch of stuff in our lives. So we, again, have been a little bit all over the place, but we're hoping to kind of smooth things out, especially going into 2024 and getting onto like more consistent posting and stuff. I've been slacking on the social media stuff, so I need to get a grip on that. But yeah, good things are coming, guys. Honestly, we got a lot of great stuff in gear for next year that wasn't supposed to rhyme, but I'm going to stick with it. (laughs) And I I can't wait. It's all good. It's all amazing. So thank you all for all of your support. It's just we are we're so thankful. Coming up on Saturday, I know you guys are ready to hear the final ending to our Rock Terrio series, but... We thought we'd slide in a little Christmas episode since Christmas is literally like a week away and we haven't really done any Christmas content, so we didn't want you guys to miss out on that. Rockterio, the final part will be coming eventually, so do stay tuned for that. And with all of that being said, Charlotte, I want to thank you for something. I want to thank you for always having my back. Oh, always, of course. Because you know who doesn't have someone else's back? Oh, spill the tea. Ruby Frankie and Jody Hildebrandt. Oh my god, what a mess that is. Holy cow. Okay, so if you aren't aware of all of that nonsense, check out our episode from a while back on Extra Credit when we talked about Ruby Frankie, but uh, influencer mom from Utah, nightmare ass bitch, just awful lady. Uh, so anyway, she is set to enter a plea tomorrow. So that's going to be um, Monday, the 18th of December. And um, I was kind of curious about what exactly she was going to try to say, how she was going to get away from all of this. Basically, she's saying that all of this is Jody Hildebrand's fault. Wow, way to throw your partner under the bus, hey? This is a a quote from her lawyers. They say that they describe her as having found herself on this challenging path under the influence of Miss Hildebrandt and that she was led astray. Baby girl, 
if someone can lead you astray in a way that you harm your children like that, you were a weak piece of shit individual to begin with, and I do not feel sorry for you. Right. So, okay, they're going to be entering a plea agreement, like I said. I'm curious to exactly get the details of that. She is, again, she's just blaming Jody for all of this. I have another quote here from one of the lawyers. They say, initially, Miss Frankie believed that Jody Hildebrandt had the insight to offer a path to continual improvement. Miss Hildebrandt took advantage of this quest and twisted it into something heinous. Over an extended period, Miss Hildebrandt systematically isolated Ruby Frankie from her extended family, older children, and her husband, Kevin Frankie. This prolonged isolation resulted in Miss Frankie being subjected to a distorted sense of morality shaped by Miss Hildebrandt's influence. That's almost more pathetic to me than like a plea of insanity. To say that someone convinced you to repeatedly starve and brutally punish all of your children over the course of years and post about it all on YouTube. I mean, come on. I'm not getting it. (laughs) No, I mean, we'll see how it plays out coming uh, forward in the future, but I hope she ends up in prison because I've listened to the, first of all, the call that the gentleman neighbor who called saying like one of the kids had showed up and was in a very bad state, which is just freaking heartbreaking. But I've also heard now the call to police from their oldest daughter who was not living with them at the time saying that she was concerned for her siblings and that as well to be the child that's no longer in that house that's out of the situation, but to still have your brothers and sisters basically being tortured while there's not much you can do about it is fucking terrible. Oh, it's awful. And I mean, the thing that's really pissing me off is uh, we can kind of see the direction she's trying to go, but she's saying that since she's been in jail, she's been engaging in introspection. She's reset her moral compass and now she understands the full weight of her actions. Yeah, I bet she does. She's committed to taking responsibility for the part she plays in the events leading up to her incarceration, which no, you're not. No, absolutely not. You're just doing your best to get out of it however you can. Your defense is clearly working with you towards that. I mean, as they should be, but come on. The other thing too, Kevin Frankie, he is obviously running for the hills. He's filed for divorce, which you can't really blame the guy. No, and I still definitely question his part in this because even if he wasn't directly responsible for the pain and torture that these children went through you're still their father and you still clearly didn't do a whole lot to prevent it and so for that I would say that's pretty unforgivable I could not agree more and I mean she's saying that she's quote-unquote devastated about the divorce but she's saying that she wants to help the kids reunite with their father because they've all been taken away by CPS as of this point obviously Man, that's so fucking sad because we know what the foster system is like throughout the world, but especially in America. I really hope these kids are able to find a place where they can feel safe and healthy and heal past all this fucking trauma because, geez, some parents are not parents. You know, they're just the people that happen to birth you. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. This is one of those things where I just don't want to see her get away with it. Absolutely not. And if anything, she should be used as a lesson to others in do not abuse your children and put it on the internet for all to see. 
I have one more little bit here from the official statement that was put out that I want to share with you that just pisses me off. Oh, boy. Uh, They say that uh, Windward Law, that is the company that is representing her, recognizes the profound love that Miss Frankie holds for her children. And we are genuinely saddened that she found herself on this challenging path under the influence of Miss Hildebrandt. It is our firm belief that Miss Frankie is a devoted mother who unfortunately was led astray. She is sincere in her commitment to securing the best possible future for her family, and we remain hopeful that with the right support and understanding, she can navigate a path of healing and growth. It's another conversation to have altogether, but I don't know how, as a lawyer, you can defend someone like this and say something like that. Everyone has the right to be represented fairly in court. I 100% agree with that. Whether or not your lawyer thinks you are guilty is beside the point. They are there to make sure that you receive a fair trial and all that good stuff, which you absolutely have the right to. Mm-hmm. But then when they come out and say something like this, it's like, do you really believe that? Because I don't believe that. Come on. Like, have you met this bitch? Yeah. You know, again, I understand that she has the right to be represented and uh, treated fairly in court, but you don't need to come out and say statements like that when you can't possibly believe that. We have to remember, friends, it's all on video. So it's not like this is all hearsay or anything like that. This is all up on YouTube. You can watch this. You can see her saying terrible things to her children, admitting doing terrible things to her children. It's very obvious that she is a terrible human being. We are living in the day and age now where if you are a shitty person out there on the internet, it's basically cataloged for everyone to see forever. Exactly. We're going to keep you guys posted with Ruby Frankie, but uh... yeah, I, I like I said, I hope those kids are getting the help and therapy that they need because I'm sure they're going to need a lot of it. And I hope that they can get some sort of recovery and closure from this because, yeah, Ruby Frankie is a garbage human being. We can definitely agree on that. Speaking of garbage human beings, a story coming out of America that happened in August, a Mayo Clinic pharmacist became ill. Her name was Betty Bowman. She was 32 years old. She was admitted to the Mayo Clinic St. Mary's Hospital in Rochester, Minnesota in August, and she was having some real bad tummy problems, some severe gastrointestinal distress and dehydration. And she mentioned to a friend that she started feeling sick after drinking a smoothie. Now, the irony of this story is not going to be lost on anyone. So her husband, Dr. Connor Bowman, who is also a former Mayo Clinic resident, he was also a poison specialist. Betty, his wife, was having some tummy issues. Well, He's been charged with her second degree murder because she died. Oh my god. And the irony that I mentioned is because he, as a poison specialist, poisoned her. My god. Like, come on, bud. Like, could (sighs) you be any more obvious? He gave her a lethal dose of a fairly obscure drug, and then he allegedly attempted to kind of 
divert suspicion away from himself by going as far as to modify her health records. He tried to halt her autopsy and then pushed for her immediate cremation, being like, no, 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 she doesn't need to be tested. She's fine. She'd rather. (laughs) Yes, exactly. He advised callers at a poison control center. What a fucking guy. Are you kidding me? turns out they didn't quite have a happy marriage as you might expect from a conclusion like this they were talking about divorce in the wake of infidelity and quote-unquote a deteriorating relationship the medical examiner's office actually halted his request to cremate her because of the possible suspicious circumstances. So thank goodness they had the foresight to do that. Oh my God, yeah. The drug that was used is called, oh, and forgive my pronunciation, it's colchicine. And she died from the toxic effect of this. Colchicine is not a drug you would often find in an autopsy report. It's generally used to treat gout attacks. Oh. Exactly. And so when it showed up in her system, the medical examiner, of course, was like, um, she didn't suffer from gout. Why is there a toxic level of this drug? And then, of course, that spurred the investigation, which led us to her husband. She was a, and I mean, they always are. She was a wonderful human being. She brought a lot of compassion to her work as a pharmacist. All her co-workers said that she had a great spirit, a wonderful demeanor. She had a Corgi called Sir Crumpet the Second of Mulberry. Oh my god. Is that not adorable? And she was also a wonderful person who supported the LGBTQ plus community and everyone that came to her service was encouraged to wear bright colors, rainbow, pride, or corgi themed attire because oh. she was just that fucking wonderful of a person. Um, but yeah, her husband poisoned her, even though he was a poison specialist. Like, come on, Fuck guys. that dude. So in honor of Betty Bowman, we say rest in peace, but... Fuck that, dude. <laughs> what's uh? Do we know what's going on with him? Is he has he has he been sentenced? You said this um, was in August, so I'm assuming not. But he has been charged with second degree murder, which carries a maximum sentence of 40 years, according to the criminal complaint. His bail was set at five million dollars or two million with conditional terms, such as wearing a GPS monitor. He has a hearing scheduled for January 16th of 2024 in Olmstead County. So we will have to see where it goes. I think it's going to be a pretty open and shut case because from what it seems like, the evidence against him is pretty concrete. Mm-hmm. Her, her friend and sister were basically like, we did not see this coming. We don't understand why he did this. As much as they were having troubles, everyone was being like very understanding of the situation and kind of letting them figure it out and decide what they were going to do with the split up and everything. And so they thought it was going to be, from what it seems, a fairly amiable split up. I mean, as amiable as a split up can be, but this very much came out of the blue for them, which is really sad. I mean, it's always sad, but to not see it coming at all. Just let her go. We talk about it again and again, guys. If it's not working, just let it go. Like, is it really worth 
one, murdering this person and ruining not only her life, but her family's, and also ruining your life by getting mm-hmm. caught and going to prison. At what cost was all this? You could have just divorced. No one wins here. No, absolutely not. And it looks like Connor is not going to win because, like I said, I, I think he's going to be in prison for a good long time, as he should be. Yeah, fuck you, Connor. I mean, sorry, guys, we have some fairly sad stories here today. I have a funny one, but I'm going to save it to the end so you guys can have a bit of a a breath of relief after these stories. We're going to need it because my next story. Oh, man, it's sad. Okay, I'm bracing myself. All of this kind of occurred earlier this month, as well as a little bit later on in November here. But there were four fatal shootings that happened in L.A., And they have all been linked to one suspect. Now, the thing that stands out about three of these murders are that they were three men who were all experiencing homelessness. Okay. So the suspect, who's been identified as 33-year-old Jared Joseph Powell, he's been charged with four counts of murder, one count of residential robbery, and one count of being a felon with a firearm. He is also facing special circumstances of committing multiple murders and murdering in the course of a robbery. So these murders here, they spanned over the course of four days from Sunday to Wednesday, and he was taken in on Thursday. So all of this happened very quickly. Wow. So not so much a serial killer as he was almost a spree killer. Right? That's really, I mean, they're using the word serial killer in a lot of these articles, but you're absolutely right. This is very much spree killer. Here is kind of the rundown of what happened here. He had this $60,000 BMW. Okay. And he was driving through uh, very, very poor areas at like Skid Row type areas basically and shooting random people oh my god so just literally stopping shooting out the window of the car and like moving on yep so the first victim 37 year old jose bolanos was killed at about 3 a.m on sunday the second victim 62 year old mark diggs he was killed at about 4 55 a.m on monday and then 52 year old sean alvarez was killed at around 2 30 a.m on wednesday so these are all happening kind of in the wee hours of the day right There is no motive. The men were shot with absolutely no provocation. So this guy was just driving around in his BMW shooting people who essentially had nothing. Oh, my God. So what do we know about Jared Powell? He basically... His whole life, it, it's kind of weird because he was really popular in high school. He was an athlete. Later on, he held down a job where he was helping at-risk youth. So everything kind of sounds good until it isn't. His criminal record, he had a lot of low-level kind of crimes that he had done. But he was also convicted of a stabbing. So... Obviously, a guy who he was trying to help, he was trying to do stuff, or at least it looked like it, but he very much had that dark side. No kidding. Definitely two ends of the spectrum there between someone who seems very helpful and caring and then someone who is displaying psychopathic behavior towards people that have nothing. 
Very much so. And there is a former girlfriend of his who was interviewed and she said that he was the perfect boyfriend until he was an absolute monster. So one evening they were out in public. She was pregnant with his baby at the time and he assaulted her in front of everybody. Oh my God. So she kind of left for a little bit, came back. The two moved in together the following month and everything seemed to be going fine. Later on, she would lose that baby, but um, he like would propose to her and be really, really good. And then he would become violent and then he started drinking a lot. And then the violence started happening a lot more often. Oh my God, that's so incredibly sad. So was this behavior, like, are we talking about like narcissistic behavior where he hides who he really is? Or are we talking about something like he's having a rapid change in personality due to like a head injury or trauma or something? It seems like this started very early on in the relationship and it does seem like she tried to leave on multiple occasions, but Uh. he would threaten her. He would say that... uh, If you go to the police or anything like that, I will get off on all the charges because I have family and law enforcement. Um, He had his mother is a security officer. So like, I don't know, like it's it's one of those things where he would say like, oh, yeah, you can complain to whoever you want to, but nothing's going to come out of it. Oh, so just your classic homegrown piece of shit then. (laughs) Oh, exactly. Like this guy sucks. Um. (sighs) Yeah, so I mean, he's one of those people where it just seems like he is very hateful. Obviously, this is all alleged, but it, he, he was linked to the vehicle. The vehicle was on the scene of all of the crimes. They are saying, though, that it really doesn't seem like someone who's doing this hasn't killed before. I was going to say it's incredibly brazen what he was doing. It's almost giving like son of Sam kind of vibes, yeah. you know, um, and to just have no reason whatsoever. He he's obviously enacting some kind of fantasy out, whether that's revenge or anger or what have you. But I'm glad they caught him. And I, it seems like they caught him fairly quickly. They did. The first murder that he was linked to here was the one that happened, um, the home robbery, where he followed the guy home and then robbed him and then just shot the guy and left. So right now the priority is to obviously fully link him to these crimes, but they're also investigating whether or not he's linked to some other cases because, again, they're like, he has criminal history. He obviously has a history of violence. They really don't believe that this is something that he just woke up one day and was like, I'm going to start randomly shooting people. Well, I think you don't go from absolutely nothing to suddenly having, you know, four or five victims in the space of a week. That Mm -hmm. seems like a very quick escalation if that's really the case. It wouldn't be surprising to me as we've seen with other serial killers and spree killers where they've done smaller scale things in the past and that was them working up to something as bold and as brazen as this. It really doesn't get much more bold and brazen than this. Like, this is unreal. I, I'm i curious to see where this is all going to go. I am not going to be shocked at all if they link this guy to other murders. And in fact, I know there's a lot of unsolved murders in this population. And I, I'm 
glad to hear that they're at least investigating it. Yes, absolutely. Because I think there's a lot of people who do not see justice and there's a lot of family members of victims that never get closure because these people are seen as, and we've heard this term many times before, but less dead. You know, if they're runaways or people that are unhoused or sex workers, historically, we've seen it where people have been looked past. So it is kind of a relief to see that someone is actually investigating this. Like we said, this was unprovoked. One of these guys was sleeping on a couch on the street. It is crazy to me to see this complete 180 from someone, like you said, who has been known to help people and has worked with people who needed a hand up to suddenly switch into this monster, hurting people for absolutely no reason whatsoever. You know, I think of it that way, but then I also remember Ted Bundy worked for the suicide hotline. Very true. You know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. (laughs) Sometimes you have these evil people under the guise of an angel, if that makes sense. Absolutely. And I mean, you're right, though. It could have been something where a switch went off. But with this guy's history, I just don't think so. I'm eager to get more information out about this guy. When I find more, I will definitely update everybody about it because this is one of those cases where I don't think the victim count is four. I would have to agree. But yes, like you said, we will wait to see. Presumably he will have some kind of trial after, I'm sure, a massive investigation. So yeah, we will see where this goes. Okay, so after all that speak of awful murder and not much conclusion... I do have a happier story that will interest all of you, especially if you're the kind of person like Dina and I, who likes to partake in a little bit of jazz cabbage from time to time. The article title here from September 25th, 2023, Sheep Binge on 600 pounds of pot. They found green stuff to eat. Oh my goodness. (laughs) This story is coming all the way from Almiros in Greece. And yeah, a flock of sheep broke into a greenhouse and devoured about 600 pounds of medical cannabis. Oh my goodness. Were they okay? They they were. They were. um, If you guys recall back in Europe, we maybe didn't hear as much about it over here in North America, but in September, Storm Daniel was absolutely ravaging Greece and other parts of Europe. The sheep were simply seeking shelter from all the flooding that had happened in the aftermath of this storm. It hit parts of the central and eastern Mediterranean and like North Africa. So extreme flooding in Libya, Bulgaria, Greece, not good. But in spite of these floodwaters, the sheep did seem to find quote unquote greener pastures. (laughs) The shepherd who was looking after them figured something was wrong because the sheep were jumping all over the place and acting very, very odd. (laughs) The owner of the legal cannabis plant was absolutely fucking dumbfounded by this. (laughs) That is amazing. 
Marijuana has been legal for medicinal use in Greece since 2017. The farmer who is responsible for growing it is quoted as saying, I don't know if it's for laughing or crying. We have the heat. We lose a lot of production. We have the floods. We lose the rest and the best. After all of this, a herd of sheep, which I don't know how to get out entered the facility and started eating what was left. So because of the awful wildfires that ravaged Greece, then the floods, he's saying like, we don't have a whole lot left, but what we did have, the sheep got to. Oh, that's the last (laughs) thing you would expect to happen is the sheep get to your weed. No kidding. And so, yeah, the shepherd said that his sheep were behaving very strangely. And because of the growth of medical cannabis in Greece, weed poisoning for animals is on the rise by different animals who have found their ways into various crops. In the U.S., apparently, cannabis poisoning amongst dogs is on the rise, especially if um, owners, you know, say, for example... You go outside, you smoke your cheeky little joint, you run it under the tap and throw it in the garbage, and then your dog gets into the garbage, for example. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, that can be really dangerous. They're saying even in in New York City that dogs have been poisoned after eating stoners' stray joints and edibles that they found in garbage cans or just on the street. So, guys. Oh, don't do that. Part- yeah, partake in your THC responsibly. Don't let your furry friends overdose on pot you know get rid of those roaches responsibly but yeah Yeah. in greece a group of high as fuck sheep that got into a medicinal cannabis greenhouse (laughs) you know what they've they've had to deal with all this shit too so they're stressed out they're dealing with fires and floods so i mean they they found a way to de-stress I guess, you know what? For them, it was probably like heaven. They're like, holy shit, we found all this greenery to eat and we're feeling a whole lot less stressed about it now that we're in here. I'm just picturing the sheep just jumping around all happy. Like, I love it so much. Yeah, the the shepherd said that his sheep were jumping around higher than like local goats. And he's like, <laughs> okay, something's not right here. And then, yeah, it turned out they had broken in. <laughs> Wait a minute. Something's going on with my sheep. I guess so. So I suppose as much as these sheep didn't really have much of a choice, they were, of course, seeking shelter. Um, But the lesson here is keep your marijuana away from your pets. Yeah, definitely do that. Come on, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Okie dokie. Oh, you lighten the mood so well, and I'm going to bring it back the fuck down now. Hey, life is nothing if it's not a roller coaster. Lay it on us. And that brings us to our latest and greatest strange and unusual death. I'm always eager to hear these stories, but it's such a strange thing to say because it is quite a morbid topic. But I guess historically speaking, humans do some wacky shit. So it only makes sense that we would die in wacky ways from time to time. Right. And I mean, death is a part of life. So why not talk about it? For sure. That being said. Oh, dear. Today, we're going to talk about not a specific death, but an ancient form of execution. Oh, boy. And we are going to talk about scaphism. 
Oh, I've heard. Oh, I've heard of this. Oh my God, you guys. <laughs> oh yeah, we're yeah. So Charlotte, I'm sure you know, it's not a good way to die. Honestly, it has been said that this is one of the worst possible ways to be executed, and I would have to agree. The human imagination knows no bounds in cruelty. It really does not. So really important, I want to start off noting that there's no legitimate proof that scaphism actually ever happened, but this was over 2,000 years ago, so any human remains or any evidence, it's going to be long gone. We're going to get to all this a little bit later, but I do just want to say like, we know for a fact this wasn't 100% something that happened, but we have reasons to believe it did. Wonderful. So according to ancient publications, it was the Persians that created scaphism in around 500 BC. Oh, I've been playing a lot of Assassin's Creed Odyssey. I like to play it in the winter because we're spending time in ancient Greece and it makes me feel like I'm warm and tropical. But there's a lot of uh, Persians that you come across in that game. And I wonder if it'll be mentioned at some point. Dude, that's such a good game. Oh, I love it. I've got so many freaking hours in it. Oh, now I want to play it. Okay, (laughs) (laughs) back to this. So another name for it was The Boats, which really like that sounds so lighthearted. The Boats. You know, if it was that simple, honestly, if you shoved me out to sea in a boat to die, it'd probably be one of the least worst ways to go. But I know there's so much more to it than that. There is, because they would take two hollowed out logs or boats and they would basically cocoon the person inside of them. So you'd be in this little like little hidey hole of a boat with your arms and your legs kind of sticking out of it. If that's not bad enough... What they would do was they would leave the victim trapped inside and they would force feed them milk and honey. Yep. Over and over and over again until they began to uncontrollably shit themselves. As if that's not bad enough. Yeah. Now... That, that was kind of only just the start. So when they got to that point, someone would show up and they would start pouring honey all over their face as they were screaming, begging for mercy, and again, shitting themselves. Charming. All of this milk, all the honey, all the poop meant that it didn't take long before vermin began to arrive. And if there's one thing that vermin and flies and parasites love, it's that wonderful concoction that you just mentioned. Oh, yeah, because that's the first thing they'd go for. Exactly. So they'd eat the poop. And then when they ate all the poop, they would begin to eat their way into the anal cavity and then eat their way through this person. Meanwhile, while you're cocooned in this boat, your head is sticking out, your arms are sticking out, and you're covered in honey, amongst other things, and the sun is beating down on you. Yeah. You know? So, like, I'm sure you smelled just charming. I mean, just a nightmare. It really is. I mean, you could just even take one little aspect out of this and it's terrible, but, like, the whole thing altogether is just... Ah, like you're right. The human, the human mind, the thing that we, the things that we can come up with, and the things that we can do to each other, it really is horrifying. There's one thing that human beings are good at, and it's and then. So it's why don't we put him in a boat and let the sun bake him? 
And then we could cover him in honey and milk and his own feces. And then. <laughs> right? And the and then just doesn't stop in this case. Yep. So let's get into the uh, historic part of all this where we see a little bit of uh, proof. So as it stands, the first time that we have seen it mentioned was in the works of the Greek Roman philosopher Plutarch, who said that he had seen an execution like this with his own eyes. Interesting. Now, the reason for this is kind of interesting because it's doesn't really seem like it warrants all of this. So, <laughs> you mean the crime doesn't fit the punishment kind it, of thing? It sure doesn't. Oh my so, God. So basically what happens is there was this soldier, his name was Mithridates, and he had stopped Cyrus the Younger from overthrowing the king. And the brother of the king was grateful for this. Okay, And he demanded that he didn't tell anyone who had actually done this and that he told everybody that it was him who had slain Cyrus. Okay. Now, Mithridates, he got drunk and he told everybody that it was actually him that killed Cyrus. Right on. We love this. (laughs) Right? And so the king was just like, what the fuck? I told you not to tell anybody and you told everybody. So he decided that the only proper punishment for this was scaphism. And it was written that uh, this guy suffered for 17 days before he died. Jesus Christ. I mean, I'm all for like, you know, loose lips sink ships. You know, keep your fucking mouth shut. Keep a secret. No one likes a snitch. But I definitely agree in the sense that the punishment here doesn't seem to fit the crime. Like, yeah, he was a blabbermouth, but Jesus Christ. Right? I mean, it just seems so extreme. But we've we've seen this in our strange and unusual deaths that uh, way back in ancient times, they were kind of extreme. I almost wonder, you know, as it was the time before television and technology, so to speak, that people just sat around thinking about shit too much. It almost sounds to me like the king had thought about this idea and was just waiting for an excuse to test it out. And he's like, you know what? This dude's a fucking blabbermouth. He's kind of annoying. I'm over it. I'm going to use my new idea. (laughs) Right? And no one was able to say no to him. You know, in one way, we have come a long way from the brutality of those ages. I would argue, based on what we see in the world today, that we haven't come that much far. It's just kind of changed in scope. Yeah. Um, I am glad that we don't use these methods of torture as a regular thing these days. It would certainly give you extra thought about doing crimes. I mean, it really would, although... I feel like at the end of the day, a lot of the people that be subjected to this were like, you didn't make the king laugh with your joke. Yeah, silly fucking <laughs> reasons for sure. So that, uh, that dear friends, is scaphism. Wonderful. I hope you share this around the Christmas dinner table with your family. Tell them something to really get their thoughts going. <laughs> and then uh, email us at thegrimcurriculum at gmail.com and tell us how it went. Yeah, absolutely. Or are you (laughs) awkward like me and you share this kind of shit with strangers? If so, I want to hear about the strangers' reactions to your conversations. (laughs) (laughs) Two ladies on a podcast told me to tell you about this. Let us know how that goes for you. The Grim Curriculum at gmail.com or... (laughs) 
If you just have a story you'd like us to cover, or you have a grim encounter, a listener tale of sorts, did you meet a ghost? Have you met a serial killer? Tell us about your true crime link. We would love to hear it, and we would love to tell it on the podcast. That is our group of grim extra credit topics for this week. Thank you all so much for listening. This has been The Grim Curriculum. Extra Extra credit. credit.